I'm Kendall Giles, and this is a Techno Slipstream podcast mini episode where we briefly spotlight news, events, books, or people of particular interest at the intersection of technology and society. These mini episodes are meant to be a supplement to our main deep dive episodes, which explore a particular theme over a series of extended discussions. Thank you all for the positive feedback and support I've received from the first three episodes of the Techno Slipstream podcast. In addition to being extremely grateful for the interest, as a way of saying thank you, I thought I would introduce a new format for podcast episodes to supplement, not replace, the longer main episode deep dives. You let me know if this works or not, but my idea is to briefly Techno Spotlight Things of interest that I've recently come across at the intersection of technology and society that I think you might like to know about or at least have on your radar. So in our first Techno Spotlight mini episode, in episode four today, I wanted to mention a YouTube video and two books that I think you may be interested in. Let's begin. First, in the general topic area of security, but also touching on technology communities and the joys of geeking out on and hacking technology. This is a YouTube video one of my students shared. You can find the link on technoslipstream.com on the blog post for this episode, episode four, or you can search on YouTube for DEFCON 22 Dan Kaminsky, Secure Random by Default. This video is a wonderful talk by a revered security researcher, Dan Kaminsky, who unfortunately died this past April. Dan gave this talk at the DEF CON Security Conference in 2014. And while he gets into quite a bit of technical detail about some things later on in the talk, you might want to at least watch the first bit of it where he talks about his reasons why it is important to defend the internet. You'll also get a glimpse of the pure joy of a technical nerd in his element, and you'll also get a sense of the wonderful and supportive security communities that you can get involved with, folks who are passionate about hacking, security, understanding systems, and working to make those systems better for everyone. In the video, there were a couple of other points that I thought that were interesting. There's a great quote he mentioned Quote, the generation of random numbers is too important to be left to chance. So as you may know, random number generation is critical for a number of security algorithms our devices use every day. Devices that use flawed random number generators, however, can be hacked. In many programming languages, for example, engineers and computer scientists are often taught, unfortunately, the easy ways to create random numbers. But unfortunately, these methods are bad from a security standpoint. These methods don't create true random numbers, and it's too easy for the attacker to predict these random numbers and thus break the security of those systems. So part of Dan's point is that we should be making the more secure random number generators easier for the engineers and computer scientists to use. Another good point he made relates to the commonly heard mantra that Humans are the weakest link in any security system. This is commonly discussed in some security communities because too often it is a human that causes the security breach, 
not the encryption, security control, or other engineering mechanism. But that common saying doesn't really get at the bigger problem. Too often, engineers and managers who create security policies in companies that employees must follow, such as how complex your passwords must be or how often you must change your password, these security policies and rules are often too difficult or cumbersome for the users to follow. And so the users create their own workarounds that may meet the letter of the policy, but make choices that are bad from a security standpoint. For example, my current password is football, but a month has gone by and now the system says I have to create a new password. So I'll make my new password football1 and next month I'll change it to football2. I have to change my password so often, that's an easy way for me to keep up with this ridiculous security policy. So Dan's point is that security engineers and managers need to do a better job of helping the user make the right security choices. And part of that comes from not making security policies that are needlessly complex and cumbersome for the user to follow. Finally, Dan's big picture point was that the internet is a resource for everyone, and it will only stay that way if we all help ensure that companies, governments, and criminals don't break it or use it against us. So here's a suggestion for you listening to this episode, if you like. If each one of us would do just one thing, learn one new thing about computer security, or read some article about how to secure your IoT devices, or make a habit of only using strong, unique passwords on all your login accounts. If each one of us did one thing to be proactive about owning the security of our devices in our homes and in our workplace, that would help move the needle towards keeping the internet safe and usable for everyone. Next up in the general topic area of AI, we have a new book titled Atlas of AI, Power, Politics, and the Planetary Costs of Artificial Intelligence by Kate Crawford. This book was published in April of this year. Kate has been working in academia and industry for 20 years to understand large-scale computer systems, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. She's an interdisciplinary scholar, and currently she's a research professor of communication and science and technology studies at USC Annenberg and is a faculty affiliate of the USC Center on Science, Technology, and Public Life. Kate is also the inaugural visiting chair for AI and justice at the École Normale Supérieure in Paris, a senior principal researcher at Microsoft Research in New York, and an honorary professor at the University of Sydney. I just started reading this book, and I got so excited I thought I would share it with you in case you are interested. Essentially, the idea is that, similar to how a world atlas shows us various aspects of the world at different scales— to call attention to the different components of the world, the Atlas of AI is an attempt to show us the different components of AI. Artificial intelligence is actually not just a fancy algorithm or piece of code. It is also neither artificial nor intelligent. From the book's blurb, this is an urgent account of what is at stake as technology companies use artificial intelligence to reshape the world. And finally, for the last item of interest I wanted to mention in this mini-episode, in the general topic area of data, we have the new book, 
Living in Data, A Citizen's Guide to a Better Information Future by Jer Thorpe. This book was published in May of this year. I actually bought this book when I bought Kate's book, as the way Kate was looking at AI seemed compatible or similar in some way to how Jer was looking at data. I don't mean that they're using the same approach. Rather, I mean that I think my understanding of the digital world in which I live will be more complete after reading both of them. Jer is an artist and writer living in New York City. He's perhaps best known for designing the algorithm to place the nearly 3,000 names on the 9-11 memorial in Manhattan. He is known as a data artist and is a leading voice for the ethical use of big data. From the book's blurb, punctuated with Thorpe's original and informative illustrations, living in data not only redefines what data is, but reimagines who gets to speak its language and how to use its power to create a more just and democratic future. Timely and inspiring, Living in Data gives us a much-needed path forward. And with that, we wrap up Episode 4, our first Techno Slipstream podcast mini-episode. Thanks for listening, and please let me know if you find this new format useful. If you want more information or want to send suggestions, head over to technoslipstream.com, where you can sign up for the Techno Slipstream email newsletter. Right now, that's the main method I use for communication and feedback, Though, if you would like to join our growing community on Patreon, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Kendall Giles to sign up. There, you can help ensure these podcast episodes don't get removed after 90 days by my podcast platform, Buzzsprout. And you can also gain access to show notes, show transcripts, and other information related to understanding technology and society. But in any case, thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you in the Techno Slipstream.